Hi, this is Jerome Gilmartin, JMJ Catholic Radio, bringing local and EWTN Catholic programming to Northeastern and Central Pennsylvania. Welcome to the In the Father's Hands program with host Mary Kate Grady. And Mary Kate's guest today is Maria uh, Arvonio, who has uh, served as a faithful Catholic in the field of health care for many years. In 1983, Maria received a Bachelor's of Science degree in nursing from Villanova University and went on in 2013 to earn a master's degree in healthcare ethics from St. Joseph's University in Philadelphia. And just a year earlier, in 2012, she became an active member of the National Association of Catholic Nurses USA, NACN USA. And she has served the NACN USA as a committee chair and as regional director for the lower, uh, lower Northeast region. NACN USA is recognized as an NGO, a non-governmental organization of the United Nations. And Maria has served as NACN USA representative to the, U- to the UN and is a member of the NACN USA Ethics and Spirituality Committee. In 2020, Maria was selected to represent nurses at the White House for National Nurses Week, and she has also presented her insights to the Vatican Health Care Panel on the care of patients with COVID. Maria is a, ret- <coughs> is a, Maria is a retreat leader, uh, giving talks on such topics as divine mercy, chronic pain, end-of-life issues, and healing. And she resides and serves in New Jersey. Mary Kate? Thank you so much, Jerry, and it's so good to be back with you all again. I um, hope that you're um, having a wonderful week. And um, just as a little reminder, and especially near and dear to us up here in the Diocese of Scranton, is we'll be starting the novena soon to Good St. Anne, Um, Her feast day, of course, is the 26th of July, but that's coming around the corner before you know it. So um, to all up in this diocese, get ready for your St. Anne's Novena. And and everybody joining us everywhere else, please join us in praying that Novena to good St. Anne. Um, Let's go ahead and open up our Bibles, as we normally do, to the Gospel of St. John, Chapter 10, where Jesus shares with us and says, My sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hands. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Um, As always, let that verse just um, sit with you during this week and sink into your hearts. Um, You're always loved and seen by the Father. He has a plan for your life, and he's always with you. Um, And and always keep that in your mind and heart, no matter what you do or don't remember throughout the week. Definitely remember that the Heavenly Father is holding you and guiding you. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, for this beautiful promise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we're so excited today to have Maria joining us in the program. Maria, thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you, Mary-Kate. This is uh, purely a blessing and an honor. Thank you. 
We're really excited to have you join us. And Maria, I, I took my turn in sharing a scripture verse, so now it's your turn um, to share with us, if you wouldn't mind, a favorite verse or passage of scripture, and if you could kind of just tell us why it's so important to you. Geez, that's hard when there's so many scriptures, right? There's so many verses. <laughs> You're really trying to limit it to one. I'm Italian. I can't limit myself. <laughs> Maria, this is always the hardest question for every single one of my guests. They always have a hard time with this one. Oh, good. I don't feel odd. Okay. Don't. <laughs> um, well, the one that often gives me, um, you know, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, some of us, we say, you know, what we get in the chills of the Holy Spirit, like a sensing that he's present with us. And every time I hear this particular verse, I always get that sense from the very beginning of my one of my many conversions, and that is from um, the Luke 4.18. It, it starts out with talking about the ministry of Jesus, and he's going to gallery, and he's going to read a scroll, and he opens a scroll, and it's from the prophet Isaiah, and it says on verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. You know, some people might think, well, geez, she must have a big head on her shoulder, you know, big chip on her shoulders there. But that's not it. If, if you think about healthcare, and I know that you're in healthcare too, right, Mary Kate? Mm -hmm, correct, yes. So we both share that common love to uh, care for others, that ministry of caring for others, of being Jesus to others. And so if the ministry of Jesus was to do all that he just said in Luke 4.18, well, that is our ministry as well, right? He says to go out and preach the good, good word. And that's perfect in healthcare, because that's exactly what we're doing. When I'm going to see my patients who are being told they have cancer and it's terminal and there's an end of life decisions to be made and they're looking at the doctor, hearing all these facts and not getting much hope. You know, it's that time when that Catholic nurse or that nurse that truly believes that what Christ is saying in their heart, that they can give it to that patient. They can bring hope. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I really feel that I've seen it. I'm sure you have, too. I've seen countless miracles just by depending on Christ to do it, on his power. Absolutely, right? for sure, yeah. And, and we even heard that, you know, we're hearing the further on in Luke, you hear about how Jesus went around and cured Simon's mother-in-law, who had a bad fever and all that, um, and even told us that greater things we would do now, right, that we're here, when he leaves, we were supposed to do even greater things. I forgot exactly where that is. I, I think I looked it up. It was in John something, John 14. It says, I know, I wrote it down. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do and will do greater ones because now I'm going to the Father. And he's speaking about the advocate going to the Father. And then when he leaves and goes to the Father, he's going to send us his Holy Spirit. So I really believe that it's the Holy Spirit that helps me all the time in nursing. I, I've seen mm -hmm. patients, I've seen a patient who was dying, the family member was walking around constantly, and I was a nursing supervisor, so I had the opportunity to go throughout the hospital. This one particular time, this patient was in the ICU, and family member was just walking around and just looking gloomy, and I'm like, the Lord just pushed me into the room. That's all I can tell you, because I'm not... I don't usually go into a room unless there's a problem or unless mm -hmm. the Lord is pushing me. Sure. And yeah. I got pushed. And I said, what's going on? And she said, oh, uh, my nephew is dying. God had to give me the grace because I said, well, 
what mean what do you mean he's dying who said he was dying well the doctor said blah 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 i said well i looked at the clock i said it just happens to be three o'clock in the morning here do you know anything about wow. divine mercy she said no so i led her into the chaplet we prayed i held the patient's hand i'm not kidding you this was amazing i'm always amazed by god listen we all yeah, we all believe in miracles, and we, but when it happens, it's like, oh, wow. It's shocking. <laughs> it's the wow. Yeah, it's always shocking. Yeah. Right? And may I never lose that wow. May I never get used to it. May I always be in awe of God. Amen? Because Amen. I don't want to get comfortable. I want to always pursue it, his power and his blessings. Anyway, so, you know, the next day I went home. I'm getting a call from the hospital. Maria, what did you do? I'm like, what do you mean what I did? This family wants to see you immediately. I'm like, oh, Mama Mia, what did I do now? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. They said, no, they're really happy with you. When you come in, you got to go see the family. So I walked into the room, and the patient that was, like, he was in a coma. He was gone. They were said he was going to be dead. He woke up from the coma. He was extubated, and he hugged me and cried. Wow. And I'm like, it's exactly what I did well. And he kept saying thank you to me. I said, don't thank me. That was God. That wasn't me. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> that was all I had. Trust me. Yeah, now, you know, God wants to know? God wants to like open the Red Sea again over and over again through us. But I think yeah. sometimes we get caught up like in our own um, weakness and like insufficiency. Right. And we keep forgetting that he's the one that's going to do it. Amen. Like, you know, whatever happened to the supernatural power of Christ in healthcare. Mm-hmm. We need mm-hmm. to bring him into healthcare. It makes me laugh because my my uh, when I went to ethics, my paper uh, that I had to write that got, it actually got into the Lineker Journal uh, was about the use of Reiki and all these other things that they use out there in healthcare these days that are not good and compatible with our faith. They're actually voodoo, basically, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet if you say you want to pray with a patient, use the charisms of the Holy Spirit, they look at you like you got two heads. You'll do mm-hmm. Reiki that calls on gods and spirit guides, which are we know is an abomination to the Lord. But when I say Jesus, oh, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand. Sure. <laughs> that's yeah. all ministry. So that's, I'm really, that's where the, that's where the true that. power is. And I think, Amen. I think the evil one's trying to put a... He's trying to put a block to that, so he's making yeah. it seem like it's, it's why would you call on Jesus? But that's exactly yeah. the answer, you know. So, you know, so we as healthcare, we have an opportunity to help our patients who are oppressed, patients that are, especially night shift, there's no family around often, you know. Mm-hmm. Go to your patients. You'll be amazed if you just listen to them, touch their hand, and don't be afraid. You know, we, we have patients sometimes... Uh, Yes, mental illness could be there, but there also could be a lot of demons going on. Mm. And, you know, we have our patients sometimes are restrained really tightly. And I had this one woman, she was in four-point restraints. I, I know you understand that. You know, every yeah. limb is tied down to the bed and security's outside the door. And all of a sudden, I get a call to rush to the room, and everybody's outside the room. But before I went, this is where Christ, when you said, my sheep hear my voice, yeah. That was perfect because that's it. He gives you that little voice in your heart that says, go, don't be afraid. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, you got to be kidding me. No, <laughs> don't be afraid. And as I'm walking to the floor to respond, I'm praying, Lord, send your angels before me. Make the crooked things straight. Take care of the situation. Level the mountain. So I'm already praying before I get there, which you got to right. do. You just you can't do this job without that. And 
when you do, when I get up there, everybody's outside, and I'm like walking in like there's no problem. Here, this woman is she's taken off two of her restraints. The bed is looks like Exorcism Four movie. <laughs> it was yeah. everybody's like, don't go in there. And the nurse that was with me, her name was Grace. Isn't that beautiful? A Catholic yeah. nurse. And I said, Grace, come on in here and help me. She came in, and I started to talk to this patient. Mary-Kate, it was amazing. I'm talking to her. I'm moving the bed. I'm pushing things aside. I'm untying her. Okay, she had two more restraints. I said, I'm going to untie this now. And I help her out of the bed. And this is what this poor woman says to me. She says, you don't understand. I said, ma'am, you're okay. You're safe. You know God, right? She said, yes, but you don't understand. I said, what is it? She said, I was raped. Uh-huh. No one took the time to real. They were just so frightened of her. Mm-hmm. Never spoke to her. Wow. They just medication, medication, medication. Yeah, yeah. And she, I gave her the Divine Mercy image. Oh, Mary Kate, it was beautiful. She said, can I have it? I said, certainly. And then we, we got her a teddy bear. She was sweet as pie. It was beautiful. Yeah. So these are the things we don't hear about, but that's that's because of Christ in us. That's what he does. It's a ministry. And I think there's I think there's a Christ. reason why, Maria, don't you think in the gospels there's so many account like Jesus did so much in his time here, I right. believe. You know, but right. there's so many accounts of physical healing yes. um and just and healings that that obviously is really important to him. Amen. Amen. So we we gotta keep this doing. There's no way we can be in healthcare today. I don't know how doctors and nurses do it without Christ, without believing in what he can do, because what man cannot do, God can do all things, yeah. right? And and that's how I do my job. And, actually, and you're, a lot of times, you know, and you can attest to this, in healthcare, you're, you're with people a lot of times when they're kind of at their lowest point. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not thinking clearly. Right. You might not even be able to reason with them right off the bat. Um, and you just need to like immerse them in the sacred heart of Jesus and and, and pull them in. And, th- and then a lot of times, then you can start on the physical end of, you know, speaking to them, you know, uh, you know, rationing things out. Like their soul is like crying out even more than their body, I think, you know. Amen. Amen. A lot of our things are caused by spiritual, emotional harms. You know, you mentioned that word. You have to basically have a relationship with them. Amen. They have to trust you. You have to know that you're really there because you have a compassion. You're there to help them. You're not there just to give them medications or just uh, feed them. Yeah. You know, yeah. but you're there because you care. And Absolutely. Was, you know, that was the biggest thing during COVID uh, when I saw the president. He said, <laughs> I said, sir, the best nurse is the one that has, <laughs> was President Trump at the time. I said, the best mm-hmm. nurse as the nurse that not just has the intelligence by God's grace, but also has the compassion of Christ, there's no way you can just have one without the other. You have to have both. And when you get rid of the compassion, then you might as well just be a robot because that's all you're doing is task. And I can't do that. I know that you can't. Um, Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's interesting, Maria, during that time, because, you know, um, we both were working in hospitals, I believe, during during the time of COVID. And something that really struck me, and I never realized this before, was like a lot of people um, didn't believe in heaven. Mm. And so when different people were 
suffering or, or some people were even dying. Um, I just, I sense like such a strong, um, like oppression on people. And I didn't realize how many people didn't really believe in, in heaven or, or even God for that matter, you know? And, um, and, and I just, it was like, so uh, imprinted on my mind, you know, we have to bring his presence here and we have to let them know heaven is for real and that Jesus loves them. Like sometimes, and I'm sure you've done this a million times, you whisper into someone's ear, they might be intubated or, um, you know, just kind of not with it. And you just whisper in their ear, you tell them things that they, you know, St. Paul says, say the good things that men need to hear, things that will really help them. And you just whisper into people's ear. I'm sure you've done that a million times. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. And um, we're holding our hands. We're talking to them just because a patient's in a coma, which, by the way, right now, there's a uniform determination of death act. They're trying to change the present uh, definition of death, which is the sensation, the ending of the heart rate and the ending of your respiration. And they're mm-hmm. trying to do a claim that coma, permanent coma, could be um, a definition of brain dead. Are you kidding me? Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah. Yeah. And we have countless, like you're saying, you can talk to a patient when they're on a ventilator. They might be unresponsive. That doesn't mean they're not with you. There's countless examples. If you go online, people can hear, hear me and go online and just look it up. They don't even call it a miracle. They're just saying, period. Those that were diagnosed with a coma, they wake up 45 days later, 10 days later. I had this one example of, um, oh, my goodness, this one patient. He was only 13 years old. And the fa- and the family was told that their that their child was brain dead, and so they were going to go ahead and say okay to donate his organs. And I have mm-hmm. it. His name is Trenton McKinley, K I M C K I N L E Y. The next day, right before he's going to the OR, the child woke up. Wow! Can you imagine if those those parents how they had a feel because they were told their son was irreversible brain damage and he wasn't wow. he woke up yeah, yeah we can say that's a miracle well, i can say you just need to stick to no heartbeat no respirations the old-fashioned way right right <laughs> that's, that was, we've been doing that for years so. yeah what's wrong with that yeah you know? but um you need to talk to your patients whether or not they're responsive or not and those are clear examples and you were talking about people not really believing during COVID. I was blessed to be a nursing supervisor at the time. In some ways it was a blessing and others not always because I was also put in charge of distributing the mask to the nurses. Like they actually had to come to the office to sign them and everybody would be afraid they wouldn't have enough. You could tell the fear was those that did not have faith in Christ, right? I kept saying to the Lord, Lord, you told me you provide all my needs. You better make sure that I have enough things for the staff tonight. I would talk to them. Hello? Yeah. You got to provide. You said it. I'm expecting it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Right? And then I would tell the nurses, especially those that call themselves Christians, I said, guys, what's wrong with you? Why do you profess the word, but you're demonstrating the opposite? We can't do that. This is our chance to show we are who we say we are. By holding on to his word. Oh, Not yeah. easy. Not easy. Oh, absolutely. But, you, you know, know? Maria, I wanted to ask you something because sure. you, you and I both share a love for the Divine Mercy. You know, I'm Amen. connected with my dad's ministry. Would you talk to us just a little bit about Divine Mercy in nursing? Oh, wow. That's my favorite. Um, 
I utilize that often in divine mercy. We see it when patients are dying, when patients are about to die. We can pull out that chaplet of divine mercy because the Lord promised when any time that chaplet is said for a person that is dying, he comes not as the just judge, but he will come as the merciful Lord. He also promised just saying those words, O blood and water which gush forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us, I trust in you. Just saying that for a person will help, and three times we say that prayer, will help in their conversion. Um, and so sometimes in the midst of a cardiac issue, you know, person's coding, I'll just say those prayers real quick. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. You know, in the beginning, I mentioned how we did the divine mercy, and the person will come out of the coma the next day. Right, right, yeah. You know, divine mercy is essential for nurses to have, and especially because nurses were always at that patient's bedside 24-7. The doctor comes and goes. <laughs> sure. The yeah. nurse is there most likely when that patient is dying. Um. So you can make sure that you get the priest for the patient, right? Yeah. I've seen countless times nurses don't know. They have to call a priest for the patient. Well, the family's not Catholic. We're not here for the pa- family only. We're here for the patient first. We're patient advocates. Mm-hmm. So we need to get the Catholic priest for that patient that's Catholic. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so people forget I, no, that. I, no, I, and you know, something else, too, that I noticed, Marie, in the diary, Jesus talks a lot about the diary of St. Faustine, I mean, about gazing upon his image. And so mm-hmm. some, something that, like, you kind of put on my heart is sometimes I come on my shift because I work second shift and there's no family. I don't know what faith the patient is. Um, but sometimes I put, like, my little Divine Mercy cards on their nightstand and prop oh, yeah. them against their water pitcher because I think to myself, Okay, I'm not really sure, like, what's the story here with this person, but maybe if they wake up and look at the image, you know, Jesus promises so much just gazing on his image with love for a soul. Amen. Amen. You know, so he, he pulls out all the stops, and I'm sure you've experienced that. You know, I have definitely, in my job, there was, like, a few instances where, like, it kind of was incredible that a priest was able to come for somebody at certain periods of time, and um, if it didn't, if anything, it bolstered my faith, but it just really showed me like God desires souls so much. He kind of like bends over backwards to get into those rooms, you know? Amen. Amen. And like, do you quit? I mean, I'm sure you do this. I keep them in my pocket. I have a bunch of those little divine mercy things in my pocket, mm-hmm. my pocketbook, my car, right. along with a little spray bottle of holy water. Cause you yeah, never I have one too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> never leave home without it. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. how that one patient who was mentally distressed when she held the Divine Mercy image, I said, keep reading the bottom because she kept saying she was afraid and then she told me why. I said, just read his words. What does it say? And she kept saying it, Jesus, I trust in you. And I kept saying, man, just the, just those words are enough. You don't even need the whole prayer. Just keep saying that and mm-hmm. you will feel his strength, his presence. And she loved it. She hung on to it. She did. So yeah, I definitely believe in the Divine Mercy essential in healthcare to be utilized by nurses, especially as Catholic nurses. And you know what? I've had people, like staff, they weren't Catholic, and they prayed the prayer with me. I'm Mm. sorry, I can't help myself. I just remembered this. There was a a woman that worked in the OB department. Her daughter had just been told she had a a tumor in her breast. And so this nurse saw me, and she said, I hear that you pray this prayer thing and i said well it's called the chaplet you can join us at three o'clock i used to be able to sit together with the operator hospital operator at three in the morning she's not there anymore we don't do that 
But I used mm-hmm. to sit with her at three, and we would say the chaplet. So she came and said the chaplet with us. And no lie, this person, I think she was Protestant or evangelical. Okay. And she said, when we said the prayer, she saw a light come from the hospital operator to her. Wow. I said, well, that woman's name was Peggy. I believe she has passed now. But the Lord was using her to, to shed his light through her, his mercy through her to her. To my friend, the next day, this woman's daughter went to the OR, and apparently they didn't find the tumor. It wasn't there. Wow. She picked me up. This woman was a big, strong lady. (laughs) And she's running down the hall, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm done for now. And she said, you don't understand. No tumor. These are beautiful miracles. And I want to see them again. I have to tell you, I haven't seen them. I need to keep seeing them. I'm like, Lord, what's going on? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, he's he's waiting. I think he's just waiting to give them. But we just we just gotta ask. That's it. You know, he's not asking. even asking huge things of us. He just wants us to ask and be open. You know. Amen. 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 Marie, I have a question for you. We're actually almost out of time here, but sure. if people would want to, um, maybe possibly like get a hold of you, or we're interested in maybe speaking to you about these topics, or even having you, if you're up for it, coming and speaking about. Um, nursing and divine mercy. Is there a way people could kind of get a hold of you or make or make contact with you? Oh, sure. I have no problem. They can call me. I mean, I don't mind giving my number out, or I can get my email out. Um, Great. Go ahead. Either, give you out either one, Maria. All right. Let me give you the email. It's probably easier. So, email is my name, Maria, M A R I A dot Arvonio, and that's A R V as in Victor O N I O at Yahoo dot com. And you can also look up the website for the National Association of Catholic Nurses. You'll see my picture on there, and that's NACNUSA.org. You'll see, um, if you forget my email, you can probably go directly to the website, mm-hmm. and um, you can write in and send a note to get in touch with me. But, uh, oh, I would be thrilled to speak anything about Catholic healthcare and nursing, informed consent, all those things. I, I love sharing God's Word and what He's done in my life. And that's great, Maria. People need that so much nowadays. You kind of—I always tell my patients. I mean, I, I mean, in a, in a spiritual manner, but also just a regular manner. That like you kind of have to be your own advocate, um, you know, and just researching and asking questions. And so, having people like yourself out there that know the answers is invaluable. You know. So oh. thank you so much for all you're doing. You know, Maria. You know, someday you're gonna. You're going to enter the gates of heaven. You're going to have a lot of souls, I think, waiting there for you. Oh, I pray to God. I pray. I know. I'm sure of it. Because, I need you their know, help. Maria, that's, that's what this is all about, souls. You know, like as mm-hmm. nurses, you try so hard to bring people to health if you can. But like secretly as a Catholic nurse, the top concern you have is just you want them to go to You want to be in heaven with them someday, these people, you know. Amen. Oh, Mary Kate, thank you so much. And you know what? It's always a blessing to uh, to hear from you. But I've uh, met you in person, and your mom, God rest your soul, and your father, beautiful, beautiful. That, family. And that was wonderful. And you even made made a trip up here to the Northeast, and oh, so uh, so beautiful to come to that place. Oh, Mama Mia, what a place! Hi. <laughs> it was great. It's, I smell roses. Did you? I told you that time. Yes, I did. I smell yes. roses. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, listen, we got to run, but thank you all for joining us. Maria, again, God bless you. you. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, remember, everybody, your St. Anne's Novena coming up. God bless you all. Bye-bye now.